Hey guys. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of The Selfie Show. Where we are bringing you the weekly dose of sweet and salty. I am Tori, the founder and now co-host of The Selfie Show. I am a nurse, blogger, and podcaster. And I am Sam, nurse, podcaster, powerlifter, co-host of The Selfie Show. And today, we are off the clock, getting spicy, redhead energy. Yes. With my girl, Celia, who I know I butcher her name. Celia, Celia, I can never do it right, so I'm so <laughs> sorry. But at least I don't call her Cecilia, which is wrong. Wrong, But wrong. she's a surgical assistant, works in reproduction services and abortion care, mm-hmm. and really cool to kind of peel back the layer behind that world and go into that. Yeah, and I think today was interesting is that you and I both learned a lot and got a lot of insight into all this, like where are we now post Roe v. Wade. Um, she just gives breaks down a lot of really amazing things. This is definitely selfie energy. We cracked some cold ones. It was so much fun. She came up and we had a blast with her. You guys are in for a really, really good episode today. Uh, okay, unpopular opinion of the week. This is definitely on with some pop culture that's going on right now i'm gonna blanket statement say this and i don't care who this pisses off if you have a problem with the little mermaid being black you are racist <laughs> i don't care like you personally that is selfie energy 100 i love that <laughs> like wh- i mean okay let's just get into the whole th- one she looks phenomenal adorable adorable her voice Amazing. is unreal like speaking of like part of this world no her voice is out of this world right that is the most beautiful voice I've ever heard I'm really excited to see this so of course Little Mermaid is coming back and apparently this has become a really big issue for a lot of people which I think is really shocking in today today's day and age I'm so confused the more I like see it being a controversy and see reports I'm like wait there's actually there's people that care yeah okay color a mermaid is well so okay so why is this in the news right why is this in the news why is this such a big deal okay so let's like eliminate maybe the racist idea and then go to the idea of people being like I I just liked the original why would they redo the original well first of all that is not an argument at all because a a lot of movies have been redone. Look at Marvel characters. You know, you're going into things like Batman and the Joker, where you know other other areas and other movies that have all been redone in yeah, the we history. Let Batman be like Ben Affleck, exactly. <laughs> like like Bo- James Bond. How many James Bonds have there been? You know what I mean? Like, I think there's just this element of like that is not an argument at all. You know, well, it's, it's a it's a cop out. So that's why I'm saying like if you're using that as your argument of like, well, the I just why do we have to change the original? I'm like, that's a cop out. You're racist. Well, also. <laughs> I just don't understand the idea of like, why can't we revamp it? Like, what is it? I think if there's something that's so beloved, you know, and here we are fast forwarding into modern times, like, yeah, let's revamp it. Let's make it more attainable. It's interesting because Sam and I were kind of going through, you know, thinking about when we were growing up, our Disney characters, like when I was growing up, I personally felt like I was not represented as a Disney character. And I remember feeling very upset by that as well. I know I'm like white. I come off as white, but I was tan and, and brown hair. And I just remember thinking I'm not a sleeping beauty. I'm not a bell because Belle was much lighter. Like, and just feeling kind of, I, I understand that feeling of being left out, but not to the degree of where we're at with Little Mermaid. Little Mermaid is such an amazing thing for the black women out there for all our black our, there was some tiktoks going around oh. trending of these oh. little girls seeing the reaction i cry to seeing every it. single time and i, I just think that's so amazing i'm like this is where we need to be going why can't we be doing this this oh. is amazing also if you have a problem with it changing the original it's a fucking mermaid it's not a real thing like i would i understand if you were like oh i 
don't like why are we changing the original when it doesn't like if you're doing okay. a timepiece movie right so we like, were talking about this yeah if, if you were actual... going to do something set in the 1800s right and you were going to do a timepiece yeah there's certain things that you wouldn't do as characters because you know it was not accurate to the history right yeah that's yeah. what makes like that okay i'm not sitting here saying like okay, rewrite history yeah as... let's make a woman be the found like George Washington fathers, let's make it be the founding women that founded America like right okay we know that women weren't in a position to lead then and people like I'm not sitting there right. saying that like there's certain things where yeah you have to race, original race and, and even gender yeah during during certain time pieces it doesn't make, make sense historically accurate correct but when you are a made-up fictional character <laughs> and mermaids don't exist mermaids could be any color they could be fucking green like Doug the, the <laughs> cartoon, his best friend was blue. I love it. That's like the, <laughs> like the Skeeter, reference you go to. Because Skeeter was blue. He was blue. And no one had a problem with Skeeter being blue because it's a fucking cartoon and he's made up and Skeeter does not exist. Yeah, and mermaids don't Wasn't exist. Wasn't like Patty Manny's like orange too? Yeah. Yeah, like, so it's like mermaids don't exist. Like elves right. don't exist. If they wanted to remake any sort of fictional movie and make them like, they can be anything. Yeah. So I, like the fact that it's even a controversy is bizarre to me. I would think the controversy would be the fact that like, why are we still making movies where women yeah. are like giving up their whole world? Like I literally <laughs> am giving up my underwater kingdom to chase Prince Eric. Yeah. Like <laughs> to chase like, this mediocre ass yeah. man. Yeah. It's like, no, I want to see the remake. The remake I want to see. Women is, empowerment. Yeah, I want to see Ariel. Yes. Yeah. I want to see Ariel like King Triton dies. She yeah, takes, takes over, over yeah. and decides she wants to go lead on land. And yeah. like, no, not like I want to give up and be part of this world and change some mediocre ass. I'm really excited to see. I hope that like, there's some elements of that in this version. I hope. Cause like, come on girl, like yeah. look at Prince Eric. I know he, I guarantee you, he cannot even make you come. <laughs> I know it. Look at him. He Absolutely. Is, he he's probably stale. looks at himself in yeah. the mirror. He's milk toast. Yeah, just no. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's that's where I would be like, yeah. oh, why are we still like promoting to our girls like this yeah. idea of find your Prince Charming and give up your whole world around them? But I'm mm -hmm. like... Yeah, it's a little like, problematic, the storyline, right? I mean, yeah. here's Disney. We love Disney for no. it. Like, and it's it a classic. It's not a yeah. my favorite movie, so I fully yeah. support it. Like, yeah. I don't think it, like, actually hurts women empowerment no, at all. But I'm, it, like, yeah. totally joking. I'm, yeah. like, it's a, that's the whole point is it's a made-up movie with fictional characters. And you know the irony about mermaids. it? Thinking about exist. it, though, is, like, what's interesting is, like, all the Disney, like, storylines are actually really based in women, which I think is really interesting. Like, because women to me are way like more... Disney princess. Right. And I think that's a really interesting, like, just take in terms of, like, in my head... But they're never... And, like, Mulan was the first time that a woman was represented in Disney as a powerful thing and not just the princess right. to the main whatever. Right, right. She was, like, actually, you know... Like, yeah, even leader. Princess Jasmine, it's like, I can show you the world. I'd be like, nah, bitch, I'm good. <laughs> like, I can show myself the world. Save your, your magic carpet, <laughs> yeah. okay? We're good over here. Um, I just think that is interesting, though. But, yeah, I think... T I, I'm excited to see, hopefully, that they updated the storyline a little bit. That would be great. That would be cool. Either way, I don't, I don't even know. care if they do, though. Like, I was mostly joking because that yeah. was my favorite childhood movie. So I'm just excited to see, like, a live version with someone who's gorgeous and can yeah, sing. sing. Like, yeah. So I think, really good. So I just feel like if you feel some type of way about that, 
Yeah, Maybe let's like dig do deep. A little, do a little like, soul searching. That's weird. It's weird. It's weird to me. Like, why you even? I don't think have the selfie thoughts. audience here. I think everyone's gonna agree on this one hundred percent. Like, you know, yeah. I don't think that's. I think we all see it for what it is. It's just these other people. Like, like what is going on? Yeah, and I don't ever hear that in my circle. So I'm like, where are these people? Right. Like, well, and it's funny because when you and I were talking, because I, I've been traveling this week, so I'm kind of been out of it, and I'm trying to I explain was, it to her, and yeah, she's like not getting it. And I was like, it. what do you mean? And then we looked up, you know, the Little Mermaid controversy. And then all of a sudden, like all of these articles, you know, Vox, everybody is doing something. Yeah, page but it's because like, it doesn't it. come up in our circle. Right. And I'm like, that's so interesting to me that it's such a controversy. Yeah. It's like, it's really? Just, yeah. People get a life. Like, no. Let, we're moving forward. We're having right. fun. We're updating storylines and I'm okay. I am, I, I am living for this. Slay. I'm excited. Slay. Like the best Slay. moment of my life was when I finally got to be a mermaid for Halloween. Mm. And I think back in like, you know how every girl when they're having a mental breakdown either like dyes their hair red, mm. gets bang or yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah all the above so Here's I dyed something yeah I dyed like, everything I've done this year <laughs> I dyed my hair red when I was 24 or something like that and I used to call it my little mermaid hair oh, I like cute. loved it I love that for you so, I can't picture you as a excited. redhead but that's fine I love it's it weird for you. huh right? yeah. it was bright it was aerial red okay. it was speaking of redheads time. yes we got a good redhead on today okay so I'm honestly super excited because this is my good friend from the powerlifting world honestly met through Instagram but mm. like through powerlifting world and a met in person multiple times we love this for us like ah, it's such cool she actually did another podcast talking about it was post roe v wade talking about abortion care and reproductive services and we we're like we have to have her on and mm-hmm. talk about this stuff because it's really getting the inside scoop so celia is a surgical assistant who works in reproductive services and has worked in healthcare for the last eight years four of those being um in abortion care yeah and today we shed light on the current state of post roe v wade the history of reproductive access and and women's care um, we're also going to break down some of the things you may not know about abortion care and what this means for us today how it's affecting our state to state and where we're going with reproductive health and without further ado let's get into it with miss celia okay so miss celia thank you so much for coming on today by the way thank you absolutely thank you and in person because Every time we have an in-person guest, I get an excuse to drink. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm here for that excuse for anybody. Seltzer Nation, rise up. <laughs> Pop some bubbly. Okay, so we are really fascinated about people's journeys and mm-hmm. the background and really getting into that. So mm-hmm. let's hear about your upbringing. But let's not. Let's get an unpopular opinion. Oh, let's go there let's get, first. I know, I know my girl okay. has some unpopular oh, opinions on this earth. Okay, what, what are we, like, what's, what's the category? Any, there's no category. Unpopular opinion you know what friends is not that good oh i know that's a hot take no 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 we you're did speaking that to the right oh the thank choir. god thank god okay i know if my friend karina is listening to this she may never be my friend again but just like <laughs> it's just it's just not it's like one or two episodes like i get why it's someone's comfort show like you know why it's good to have in the background because you don't have to think about it but like i liked it back in the day and then watching it back it's like just doesn't age wow mm, no it's really bad like mm. everything they did with like chandler's parent Everything they did, everything, because one, right. those apartments don't exist in New They York. don't exist. I'm sorry. Where's the shoebox? Yeah. And then <laughs> no. you're telling me they had these like mid-level jobs and then these gorgeous like three-bedroom apartments yeah. get real. And mm-hmm. also like Rachel was so, it, she was way too good for Ross. Like Ross mm. was just like the worst possible partner and so insecure and just their back and forth just wasn't believable to me. You know what? Maturing though is realizing that 
like Ross is the bad guy. Ross is we oh. always like made him like the victim. Yeah. Yeah. And Ross, a, like same thing, like, okay, I'm heavy on Spencer Pratt TikTok right now, you guys. Yes. Oh my God. Love that for you. <laughs> Love I this keep, journey. I keep sending them to Tori like all yes. the time because there was one where he's like blocking people. I'm like, this is Tori energy. I- but Someone in the comments was like, I live for Spencer Pratt TikTok and maturing is realizing that Spencer Pratt wasn't actually the villain. He was, <laughs> uh, but you know what? Him and Heidi were no, just like. No, go back and watch his, his TikTok now is okay. phenomenal. Yeah. He just sits there and he'll read like us weekly articles about the Hills. That, yeah. Like Audrina writes and stuff. Okay. And he just come like his commentary. Cause I'm like a Hills stan. Like, I love the Hills. Same, like, I spent, same. I'm not going to lie this weekend. I spent 45 minutes on Spencer Pratt TikTok. Oh my God. Okay. I, I, haven't, I, haven't I love this journey it. for you. I and I've always Spencer, despised yeah. him, but he's I did too. funny. That's, that's maturing and growth. No, he's, he's hilarious. He's absolutely like, he, he knows his role in yeah. this world and he's going to play it to the absolute hilt. And, but like, no, I thought he was the bad guy. Maybe he's not the bad guy, but he's definitely like a comic foil now. No, I don't know. go watch. And he's all into crystals and shit. He's oh my very god, Tory energy. I the blocking, the blocking video was hilarious. Yes. Yeah, I love it. Oh my god, I remember. I remember it. him on the hills having like this huge argument, and then they just panned to him like a crystal on his forehead. Like I can't right now, and I'm like, <laughs> is he? Is he really? Is this for real? Okay, whatever. Uh, you, Spencer. Okay, Dude. we love it. Yes. <laughs> All right, so who the hell are you? Yeah, let's get Hi. into it. Okay, yes. so my name is Celia Gomez. Um, I am a 32 years old. I'm originally from Buda, Texas, which is a small town just outside of Austin. To put it in perspective, um, Austin is very liberal, very progressive. Growing up, I had Confederate flags everywhere in my hometown. We were like 20 minutes south of Austin. Our school's fight song was Dixie up until like oh. 2012. And there was like, they they got rid of it and everyone got it really probably, mad. Yeah, it was probably a problem too. It was right. a huge problem. Like I think around like 2003. Stop erasing history. Yeah. I think around like 2003, they were finally like took the Confederate flags off of our football uniforms and band uniforms. Oh, wow. Like that's how like deep it was. Right. Um, so very like polar opposite from Austin. Um, I have kind of done like a bunch of different jobs growing up. I have been in the aquatics and summer camp and outdoor industry. I've done that. Um, I taught a lot of first aid courses and I just kind of like bounced around until I wound up in healthcare and looking back on it, I was definitely, this is where I'm supposed to be, but I'm just glad I wound up in it when I did. Um, I was living in South Carolina and I was working at an ear, nose and throat, uh, uh, office, which is, you know, super exciting <laughs> and you know, just real thrilling. Um, and my husband, who's military, got orders out to Southern California and um, a job opened up in reproductive health care. And before I had even moved or even had an address in South Carolina, uh, um, Southern California, I applied for it. I was just like, this is what I want to do. This yeah. is where I'm supposed to be. So um, reproductive health and um, reproductive justice has always been something I've been passionate about and just getting to work in that field has just been it's it's been a dream I love it I want to hear about your your venture into the surgical side of things it's really interesting how did you get into that so when I first applied um, at the agency that I work for now I um, applied at the front desk my background is actually, I'm a medic in the Army National Guard. That can be like a whole other topic some other time. I don't want to get too much into that. But through that, I learned a lot of medical skills. I got my EMT license, which I still keep up to date because it's just good to have. And um, 
uh, when I first started working there, I actually started working in like patient accounts, like front desk. Like I was a person processing insurance and explaining your benefits and doing all that. And I just kept applying to the back office and finally I got into it. And, um, but that was more on like the family planning side of things. So I jokingly called it the vagina urgent care because <laughs> that's kind of what it was. So it's a lot of like infection checks, like um, I have UTI or I have yeast infection or, you know, something's burning. It's not right. Uh, a lot of uh, STI testing, birth control counseling. I did a lot of birth control counseling. That's still something I'm really passionate about. Um, and so started doing that and I did that for a couple of years and part of it was medication abortions as well. And then our, one of our specialty sites, uh, opened up a position and I just kind of was like, we were in the middle of my husband was taking a new position further down South into San Diego. And I was just like, you know what, I'm going to send it. Um, I don't know if I'm qualified or not, but I'm just going to send it and I'm going to interview for it. And the interview went really well. And so I guess I work at the specialty site. So that's um, in clinic abortions, but also like more complex uh, GYN stuff. So leap procedures, which is like, bi- you know, more intense biopsies on cervix, sometimes uh, hysteroscope stuff. So if someone has something stuck inside of them, we use a little tiny camera doing that kind of thing. Um, evals. So a lot of um, pregnancy evaluations, like people coming in for miscarriages or ectopic pregnancies. I've seen some molar pregnancies, like, so just getting to assist in all that. And it's much of the, it's, it's the higher scope of a medical assistant. So, and again, it's assisting in surgery. So it's, it's really cool. So, cause I do like ultrasounds, I do pelvic ultrasounds. um, I do abdominal ultrasound guidance, like yeah, it's just, it's so much more than just like taking vitals. Okay, right. doctor will be in here. You know, like it's, it's really neat. Well, beyond even that, can mm-hmm. you give a breakdown of when you say you work in like abortion care or mm-hmm. reproductive care, what that means? Because so many people I think, oh, like abortion clinics. So all it is, is an abortion factory. And then yeah. every single person that like, because then you have protesters standing outside the door. Oh yeah. And we it's have like every, every single person that walks in there isn't getting an abortion. Yeah, no. So like, what is like the full scope of services at so, these places? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, abortion care is obviously part of it. And, um, the building I'm at, you know, has the first floor is, is like specialty, you know, surgical stuff. And the third floor is like family planning. So family planning and reproductive health, that's going to be your birth control visits. That's going to be your PAPs. That's going to be your breast exams. That's going to be testing for men, women, everyone in between. Uh, we do gender affirming healthcare. We do that as well. So people who are transitioning, um, people who are transgender can come get services from us there. Um, we started testing for monkeypox, you know, like just kind of anything, anything reproductive health wise, like we kind of start that for, um, for a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of individuals. Um, it's not always prenatal care. Sometimes I call it like pre -pre prenatal care. Like when people first find out they're pregnant, they can do their core four testing, you know, kind of make, and we can give them referrals out to, you know, OB care, things like that. Or, um, some, some places that do these services do offer primary care and, you know, prenatal care and things like that. But so it's, yeah, it's just a huge scope of things like other than just abortions. I I mean, I think it's important for people that are against abortion to Mm -hmm. realize if you're trying to shut down places like this, you're not shutting down. Oh, you're shutting down access to so many other services. Right. Absolutely. And a lot of places that have, um, we're finding out and you can look on like the Guttmacher Institute, which I'm sure you guys will link at some point. Um, places that have, stricter abortion laws have worse reproductive health care and they have higher maternal death rates. And so it's just like, it isn't like, so when you shut down one part, it's like, there's like this huge effect to so much more. I mean, kind of speaking along that bloodline, 
Um, you're obviously like very entrenched in this, you know, line of work. What are you seeing in terms of access just in general? You know, like where are we at? Um, yeah. <sighs> um, California, we're very fortunate um, that access will be protected, which is really neat. We are seeing more and more out-of-state patients. That's what I was going to ask. Wondering, yeah. It's, I was like, because our governor yeah. did go on the record saying, like, we will not yeah, like, Newsom, comply Newsom with- is doing everything he can to make sure, like, this stays entrenched in California, which is good in, in a lot of ways. But, yeah, so we're seeing a lot more out-of-state patients from more conservative areas. We are um, seeing a lot of them during the week because that's when flights are cheapest. So, and that just that just like takes their visit to the next level because not only are you trying to provide them the appropriate care. Okay. What if they have complications? Mm -hmm. Great. What if they come in and we don't see anything on their ultrasound? Great. You know, so now we're trying to figure out how to best take care of them, but also like kind of fighting a clock as well. Cause it's like, okay, when are you going home? Okay. Mm -hmm. Your flight is tomorrow. Great. What are we, what are are we going to have any follow-up care available? Yeah. Like if something goes South or we need to do follow-up blood work, you know, so we're calling other, other clinics in other States and they have to like read a script over the phone and say, you know, we can't do this, this, and this, and this, like they have to do it like by the, by the book. So they don't go to jail or get fined or get put out of business or things like that. Doctors don't lose their licenses. So it's, yeah. Um, the week after Roe v. Wade overturned there, we worked overtime every day. Um, there was one day I was at the clinic for 12 hours because it was just, that's, we were having patients fly in from other States and just show up on our doorstep and be like, Hey, we hope you have an appointment. We hope you can fit me in. Wow. So, and you guys just couldn't like, we can't say no. Yeah. We're not going to tell them no. We're like, absolutely. You know? So we're seeing a lot of people from Arizona because they can feasibly make the drive. We're seeing people from Texas. It used to be like onesies and twosies throughout the week, but now we're seeing like three or four a day. Wow. Wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So it's, it's starting to be so much more common. So I feel like we kind of anticipated that as the offset of what's going to happen in the States where it became illegal. Well, and here's the thing. It's like it, making it illegal didn't stop people from doing it, Mm -mm. but it stopped the people that don't have the financial means to fly to California to do it. Yeah. So it's like, it's not stopping it. You're just, again, that's where it becomes a disparity. Yeah. Like a healthcare inequality factor in terms of income and all of that. Exactly. Because the people who are able to fly out are, they have the money, they have the means, they have a ID. Think about it. They have yeah. something as I always said as a rich white ID. people are always yeah. going to be able to get abortions. Oh, 100%. They have an ID. They have uh, proper identification to get on the plane. They speak the language, you know? Yeah. So like, right. you know, like it's, there's so many more like factors that people don't think about. I think it'd be interesting to like touch a little bit on this and like the history of, mm-hmm. of reproductive health. Nice. Can you take us back to, you know, the beginning of let's, let's talk about, you know, Planned Parenthood as an agency, like, mm-hmm. You know, when did it start? Maybe just a little recap of of that. Was, was Planned Parenthood the first? Were they like the OGs or was? Um. So, yes and no. When it comes down to it, as long as people have been able to get pregnant, they have been able to terminate pregnancies. Um. We're talking like Cleopatra's days. We're talking, you know, like King Henry VIII. Like it's been around since the beginning of time. It's just there were herbal ways, herbal remedies, um, and then some just like really nasty remedies. So people will be like throwing themselves downstairs and throwing themselves off of horses. And that's kind of where the imagery of the coat hanger comes through mm-hmm. because they would, a wire coat hanger, they would unravel it and try to, you know, put a shit into the uterus to trigger a miscarriage there. So that's, right. it's, it's been around for forever. So Margaret Sanger was a birth control activist. She started off as a nurse. 
And she was seeing women die in childbirth. And this was in the early 1900s. So she was seeing women die in childbirth because they could not control how often they got pregnant. Again, this is more lower income individuals because if you look at, if you look at past people, like if you look at like Abraham Lincoln and his wife and the spacing of their children, they knew exactly what they were doing because they had that knowledge and they were able to, you know, space it out. But so lower, lower income women were, didn't have the knowledge. They weren't sure exactly how the reproductive health cycle works. Like how does your menstrual cycle work? How am I ovulating? What is, what is, they didn't have like calendars and trackers and things like that. You they know? didn't pull out their iPhone. And- <laughs> yeah. They didn't have a period tracker <laughs> app that could figure it all out. Right. And, and also like you have to think about like maybe their cycles weren't always regular because there's a lot of stressors like, okay, so if you're, you're low income, you're trying to figure out how to feed your family. And we all know that stress can trigger your cycle to be all over the place. So she was watching women die in childbirth and she's like, this this, we can't, we can't keep doing it this way. So she was probably the first and loudest advocate for family planning is what, what she called it. And she opened the first birth control clinic in the United States, which in 1916, which led to her arrest for distributing information on contraception and contraception back then was, you know, condom barrier methods, you know, circle caps, like, you know, kind of not hormonal methods at that point. And so she was arrested a bunch of times and um, she went on to later found what eventually became Planned Parenthood. And Margaret Singer wasn't like, she was a very complex individual. There was no like, she was like, oh my gosh, you know, she was kind of the white savior in that she, Mm -hmm. you know, started reaching out to like lower income people and this included people of color. And there was definitely like a little bit of eugenics involved. So that's not cool. We don't Mm -hmm. like that. I think I hear a lot of people's argument especially that are pro-life mm-hmm. i don't even like to say pro-life people right. that are pro Birth. having yeah <laughs> um about the margaret singer yeah. and like anything kind of like along the lines of racism yeah. or eugenics and i'm like i get it like a lot of shit was founded maybe but like where are we now right yeah because so, it's like the same thing when like democrats like to bring up like the civil war and like yeah. republicans and be like we are the ones it's like, all right, let's not look back to the 1800s yeah. to say what Democrats and Republicans were in the 1800s. Like in 2022, what do you stand for and what do exactly. we stand for? So like in 2022, what is Planned Parenthood trying to do? Yeah. And like they try to find that one negative sure. thing in the history of it yeah. and be like, OK, that outweighs all the good yeah. that it's doing. And and <laughs> there's there's bigger bigger conversations to have about reproductive justice. Like women are still being, you know, very recently women are still being forcibly sterilized against their will. So like there's, yeah, there's, there's good things and bad things about it, but you know, it's like, yeah, you got to kind of take, take the, take the good with the bad. Like a lot of good stuff came out of it, but yeah, it would be unfair for us not to acknowledge the inequalities and things that came Mm -hmm. out of it too. But overall she got the ball rolling for what later became Planned Parenthood and became Planned Parenthood's like first president and it's interesting now because Planned Parenthood is kind of having this great reckoning of like, okay, yeah, Margaret Sanger wasn't wasn't 100 yeah. percent great. We're not right. sitting here being like, yeah, she was like yeah. the best human ever. She wasn't, but no. someone we so, had to start somewhere. Yeah, you have to start somewhere, and I think it's it's huge to acknowledge that yeah. the reproductive rights movement has some sketchy past, and the history of gynecology has some sketchy past. Like, but they acknowledge it. It's yeah. like when we don't want to acknowledge our own history, exactly. To be like, oh, we can't do uh, critical race theory. Yeah. We don't want to, it's like, no, 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 like, let's acknowledge it. Like, we didn't always do the best thing. We didn't, no. But, like, let's, that's part of our history. Let's acknowledge it. And now let's, like, continue to improve. Yeah, Mm -hmm. let's make it better for everybody. So, I think, overall, the birth control movement has done more help 
more good things than bad things but right. yeah the bad things are there 100 yeah. percent. i'm not gonna pretend they're not yeah right. so no and that's why we love having you on here because you thank yeah. you keep it real <laughs> statistically speaking what actually i kind of wanted to touch on that yeah. because that's a really interesting point mm-hmm. so um we did obviously a little bit of research on this and over time in the u.s abortion rates actually have declined significantly mm-hmm. since even the 70s. Yeah. There was obvi- there was a little spike here in mm-hmm. like the 2000s, but significantly it's mm-hmm. gone down. And speaking to that, like do you what are your thoughts on that? Like when you um make contraceptive um devices and contraceptive education when you make it more widespread and easily available, you'll have less abortions. When you have more comprehensive and in-depth sexual health education, you will have less abortions. When people understand what's going on, they'll be less likely to terminate unwanted pregnancies. Like, things will still happen. Like, right. yeah. you know, but sometimes, you know, for lack of a better term, shit just happens. But the more accessible reproductive health care is for people and contraceptive information and things like that, um, the better outcomes we have for one maternal health and two yeah abortion rates will go down right well in the states that have the strictest abortion laws have the, the worst, worst education the worst education and, and like access to contraceptive yeah. and being able to just teach that in school exactly and teaching like abstinence is not yeah no i mean you know <laughs> i went through i went through texas sex yeah, yeah, ed yeah. don't have sex <laughs> you will get pregnant and die and die <laughs> don't have sex you get married that's it <laughs> And you'll probably also get AIDS. (laughs) Exactly. And die. Yeah. Oh, you want to be gay? No, don't do that. I remember like, well, because I went to private school, so we didn't have to follow like California curriculum. Mm -hmm. You went to private school too. Yeah, we both did. What was your sex ed? Same as as yours. mine? Okay, I remember we got to do The banana with the condom. We didn't even get a banana. banana. (laughs) We didn't get a banana. (laughs) No, no, no. So finally, like they did the birds and bees, like this is a period. Yeah. In like fifth grade. Yeah. Which was good because my family, we don't talk about that shit. Oh, yeah, like, We don't talk about sex. I'm a virgin, same. you guys. I, I, was raised, I, am, I was raised by my dad, so it was like, uh. I am a sweet virgin. Mm-hmm. So sweet. as far as anyone is concerned in my yes. family. But I remember even my mom finally like brought up periods and I was like, yeah, no, like they told me in school mm-hmm. like we don't have to have this talk like let's stop let's yeah make this stop but the sex thing like they would not go into it it was like we had to do this survey saying if we wanted to be virgins until we were married and i totally oh circled God. yes we all I remember my friend i never i remember my friend in junior high had a boyfriend at the time and she circled maybe and i was like good for her what like <laughs> she, seriously and then like i remember i talked about my best friend all the time in Portland, we used to be big mm. Backstreet Boy fans in Love like that. junior high. Yeah. And we'd always sit there and be like, do you think that they're like, like it was back when we were obsessed with the like Britney Spears Bur- and Christina yeah, Aguilera yeah. 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 more like being virgins. And we're like, okay, like Brian's oh for sure a virgin, but like AJ is definitely. I still like, think that tracks. <laughs> like, like, like I, will go, brand. Look, brand. I will go into an in-depth uh, analysis of which Backstreet Boy is great. And like we, I've, we I've have, rated them before. Yeah. So Did you have the purity rings? Do you remember those? Um, Did you guys have We didn't the, do that. No. I feel like we that had, was like a very mm. Mormon thing. It was also Catholic. Catholic. Very uh, Catholic, Catholic thing. I was Christian school, but then. I was Methodist. I remember too, we did like a and a where we got to ask anything in the question box and there was a question someone asked our and we had our art teacher teaching us the sex ed class and she got this question and she refused I know the question ended up being like can you swallow cum Ah! she wouldn't say and she's like can you swallow gum (laughs) no you shouldn't swallow gum and like crumpled it up and we're like 
bitch like really like, no come on tell yeah. us what that people are is. asking questions it means they like know what that word even is like right. you should be explaining what and those things was, are and pre- be like yeah you probably should swallow it if you don't want to get pregnant like maybe <laughs> yeah. help a kid out <laughs> this is pre-widespread internet access too. oh yeah, yeah, yeah so no. like we couldn't we really didn't, i didn't even have aol then yet. yeah i wasn't i wasn't dialing up we couldn't just like hop on reddit and learn literally everything or tiktok or anything like that we just kind of here we go so i feel like reproduction care is so unique in the sense of it's for everyone it is yeah and people again get very narrow-minded so even just what like let's if we're talking strictly abortion Mm -hmm. what what are we seeing like who's coming in yeah and who's coming in um like myth bust yeah because there's a lot of i'm here to myth bust so uh the majority of people coming in to get abortions uh are parents already like they already have children and we kind of reassure them that too because you know we there's 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 the protesters out front saying we want to adopt your baby or stop you'll be a good mother like that person already is a good mother shut up right like, yeah like they're making this decision with more than just them in mind they're thinking about how they can provide their family you know it's like how how what what their energy is like like how are because having another child for some people means like food insecurity. It means, yeah. you know, their mental health. Maybe they had a really bad postpartum. Like, so a lot of them are already parents. It's not, it's not just people like using this as birth control. I think people think like, oh, you know, Becky's just coming in because she's been raw dogging outside behind the barn. I'm sorry if you have to edit that out. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I you know, want to clip that. I want to clip that as a, yeah. a soundbite. You know, she just, she just uses abortion as birth, birth control. Nobody does that. Nobody is using abortion as birth control. Those are the arguments you know? I get to the most online. Like yeah. I have a friend and they're just like, yeah, but like most abortions aren't for medical reasons. It okay. aren't for like whatever. It's like, what's, again, what's your it's source? Not, like, where, not, where, are you, where yeah. are you getting that from? Because I'm like, I get when people are like, and Tori and I talk a lot about from the medical standpoint right. because we worked NICU and yeah. we see babies that have certain genetic things that are yeah, going to be absolutely. very general anomalies, congenital anomalies. And people are like, most abortions aren't medical and are not because of rape. And I'm like, okay. But the other 90% or whatever, again, you still don't know yeah. their circumstances if they are parents and they are not going to be able to literally make rent or provide food yeah. for the two kids they already have. Yeah. But yeah, they want to go to Becky raw dogging in the yeah, back alley. That's, that's always what they want to say. Like this, this phantom person that uses abortion as birth control doesn't exist. Also, bottom line, it's none of their business. It's none of, it's their, none their, business. of their business. It's none of their business. Yeah. Yeah. And then also, since you guys have worked in NICU, um, so we all know that the genetic scan for, you know, for a, a pregnancy usually occurs around 20 weeks, yeah. right? So when someone is terminating past 20 weeks, they have just found out something absolutely awful. Mm-hmm. Nobody is just deciding like very, 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 very rarely someone is just deciding, you know what, it's just not for me. Like, no, if they're terminating pregnancy that late, they already have a crib picked out. They already have a name picked out. They have told their whole family. Baby shower is planned. Baby shower yeah. is planned. They know the gender. Like, they know so much about this this baby. And then they have found out the worst news of their life, that this this child is not compatible with life. Like, they are carrying this child to watch this child die. Yeah. And Or the child is going to be born and suffer yeah exactly immense pain and suffering until which we see the first few days yeah which you guys you guys absolutely have seen and it's it's heartbreaking you know so i've i've definitely you know been in the room where you know 
people have come in with that situation and and had to do like a, a you know termination for medical reasons and we hold their hands and we cry with them and we hold them and we tell them like hey there's nothing you could have done we're so sorry like and they always tell us like wow I didn't expect this level of kindness and we're like yeah like we're mm. gonna absolutely be kind to you we're so sorry and we always tell them like this is the perfect place to cry because a lot of these people have, have tried to put on a brave face especially for their partners or things like that and it's just it's just so it's such an honor to get to care for people in that situation because they're so vulnerable and this is the worst day of their life right and just to get to be there and hold their hand and tell them it's going to be okay and that they're safe is just that is that is the most rewarding thing for my job along that um thought too Mm -hmm. because I think there's a lot of misconception in terms of like timing Mm -hmm. of abortions Mm -hmm. can you break down maybe some of the timing Mm -hmm. of that because late-term abortions you know we hear a lot of yeah rhetoric about that as well Well, that's what people like to use as the the signs that they're protesting right Right. they want to throw on yeah they think they think someone is is terminating it like a knocked up like it has fingernails yeah 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 there's always okay well it does also doesn't have a brain or a working heart because of this congenital anomaly so those fingernails aren't gonna keep you breathing Mm -hmm. so the majority of abortions happen in the first trimester and one of the one of the things uh, when i'm counseling my patients and telling them they are more likely to die in childbirth and delivery it sucks because the United States, we have terrible maternal health care. They're more likely to die in childbirth and delivery than they are in a first trimester abortion. It's a very low risk procedure. Um, I, I don't have like an, an exact number, but I want to say it's something like 80 something percent happen right. in, in the first. Yeah. In the first trimester. Right. Um, so it's very safe, very low risk. It's completed through aspiration. It's it's when I walk them through the procedure, they're like, oh, OK. All right. right. So it's it's the procedure itself takes about five minutes. Like it's a. It's an outpatient surgical procedure. So most of them happen in the first trimester. And like we said, the those that happen in the second trimester and a little bit later are because of some huge, huge, huge reason. You right. know, a lot of times when it happens past 12 weeks, there's been some sort of barrier to care I or some big life-changing thing that has happened. So when you have these bans by like six and seven weeks, yeah. you know, like we're seeing later term because it's harder for someone to get care. You don't always know you're pregnant at six mm-hmm. weeks. You know, maybe you have an irregular cycle. Maybe you're breastfeeding. Maybe you just had a child. So mm-hmm. like your, your, your cycle's not back to normal. So the later term we are, there's, there's something that has happened to do that. What we're actually seeing, and I know it's kind of around, around the way here. What we're actually seeing is we're a lot of seeing uh, people coming in too early. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. They have like just found out they're pregnant. It's been 29 days since their missed period. And they have an empty uterus. And it's like, uh, technically you're pregnant, but there's not, not much we can do yet. There's not me. much we can yeah. do at this right. point. Right. There's right. nothing there. <laughs> there's nothing there. And so which, Get it out, hurry. Yeah, right. They're like, Well, I wanted to take care of this as soon as possible. And I'm like, I understand, but there's nothing to take care of. Like right. so um, How much of that do you think is even just the fear of like being judged for it being late I think so. term or like letting it I think a lot of it is so that. much judgment. Yeah, the judgment and for some people it's personal beliefs, like they want to make sure there's no cardiac activity you know because it's their own held personal mm-hmm. beliefs which is understandable and cardiac activity shows up maybe six seven weeks mm-hmm. depends i'm all for like people having their own personal beliefs yeah. too and i'm not even like against people that 
that really is against their religion and everything right. like that. Just don't force it on everybody else. But right. Yeah. Like you can have. Also, there's other religions that, you know, the priority is honest, is more on the mother. Yeah. And if the mother's life is at risk. Yeah. Well, and the Christian well. religion isn't the only religion. So I yeah. think that's a good point that Tori just made because yeah. even in like Muslim yeah. religion, abortion mm-hmm. is allowed. Judaism is Judaism. Well. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's protected. So it's like Christianity protected. isn't the only religion. I respect your religion. And, yeah. and your decisions but. and it's and it's more like evangelical christianity too i yeah. call it i call it, this is terrible i call it the white jesus christianity <laughs> like <laughs> like yes. you and mcgregor jesus you know like right. and yeah, the because, blonde haired blue eyed jesus i was like because I the think, i don't think jesus was white <laughs> the israeli dude with he was brown yeah the israeli yeah. dude yeah. over yeah. there was yeah. totally a white guy with yeah. blue eyes yeah. i'm like i i could have sworn Jesus was brown and was flipping tables in the temple because well, people were being assholes. Even speaking about like the the words abortion and like kind of what that means because I see a lot of hypocrisy because again I went to mm-hmm. private Christian school and even yeah. though I don't have Facebook I still I see some of these people on Instagram. I had to get rid of Facebook. But oh my god I can't do it anymore. <laughs> there's like someone I went to school with mm-hmm. from elementary school through high school and we're not in touch at all anymore but very pro-life mm-hmm. and she's been adopted so she really and it's like oh my god the adoption I, industry is a whole don't even life. get me started on that and yeah. i'm like <laughs> i get it but like you were very blessed to be adopted into a rich family yeah. in orange county that sent you to private school and you had a good life that i'm very happy for you yeah. i wish everyone had that experience but besides from that she'll post all this pro-life stuff but she had an, an ectopic pregnancy a couple years ago mm-hmm. the treatment for that and is abortion. she posted about the ectopic pregnancy and how devastating it, it was because, and it was and i feel so far and i know other people me and tori know a few yeah. people that have had ectopic pregnancies and my heart breaks for them mm-hmm. but then to act like your situation is like a different because it was you didn't yeah. want to do it right. it's like the but why are you saying those people want to do it even the person that maybe they're partner's abusive yeah and they Seen don't have too. a job and they this and that and it's Seen like they it's they want that baby maybe their only dream in life is to be a mom right but they still know that their situation is not it's not giving them the ability to yeah. to be a mom mm-hmm. and it's devastating and i'm just like you can't you can't say that your thing was okay exactly. because it was not your fault and not your choice. So it wasn't abortion. Cause then she even posted like when she was posting on Roe v. Wade, like, and before anyone says anything about my topic pregnancy, that is not the same. And it's like, Ooh, yes, it is. Yes. but she's projecting that and scared. That's projecting on her. And I'm her. like, but you, you're saying that because you know, it is. And it's yeah. like, you don't get to pick and choose you don't. like these other people. They didn't want that either. No. Like, why is your your situation get a pass? There's a there's a really great article. If you get a chance to look it up, it's called No Moral Abortion But My Abortion. And it is it's a long form article and it's um, different abortion providers and nurses and, and caseworkers and whatnot talking about um, patients they have provided care for that have been in the picket line or they tell mm-hmm. or they go through their procedure and they walk out the door and say, by the way, you're still a murderer. You know, like it's wow. Yeah, or the, or the yeah. people that have had abortions and now they're like, oh well, I wish I didn't, and now I'm here to like, yeah. And it's like, um, so <laughs> so Jane Jane Roe, who was the foundation of Roe v. Wade, um, who was the party that was arguing, you know, for her abortion, um, actually got bought out, dead ass, got bought out by pro lifers after that went out, and mm-hmm. she she like came out and was like, oh, I regret having my abortion, I regret being the person that you know Roe v. Wade was about and everything like that and they they dead us like bought her 
because she was struggling. She was financially unstable. So right. these big pro-life mm-hmm. um, organizations and evangelical Christian organizations literally paid her to come to their side. And then when she died, she was like, actually, yeah. She oh, like let it all out. I needed to pay rent. Yeah, <laughs> which is, you know, no shame. You, wow. you had to pay rent. But yeah, right. so no moral abortion, but my abortion. There's a lot of people. Interesting. I'm sure. I'm curious if you could break down maybe mm-hmm. just the different types of abortion. Sure. There's, yeah, mm-hmm. just a couple different like give your breakdown. Again, because yeah. everyone thinks that you're like like right. taking a blender to this full term <laughs> yeah, baby. Exactly. Right. No, that's, that's the imaging that right. we see. That's totally what that's we do. That's a good question, Tori. So there's the medication abortion, and then there's the in clinic procedure. The in clinic procedure kind of varies depending on gestational age and you know that provider skill set and things like that. But there's a the medication abortion where you take a combination of medications, one to block the hormone that continues the pregnancy. And the other two soften, open the cervix to pass the pregnancy tissue. And you can you can take the first pill to block the, uh, I think it's mifepristone, that's what it's called. You can take mifepristone first orally, and that blocks pro- uh, progestin. And that pill on its own has a 50-50 chance of inducing a miscarriage just by itself. And then the next step would be to take four pills buccally, or you can insert them vaginally, whichever depends on the time time frame. But usually within 24 hours, you take pills buccally or vaginally, insert them vaginally, and that would trigger the opening of the cervix and the passing of the pregnancy tissue. That is safe to do up to 12 weeks. Um, most people will, most agencies will will stop at about 11 weeks to make sure it's um, absolutely thorough. Sometimes you repeat that dose of the four uh, mesoprostol. Sometimes you repeat that if it's a little bit later in gestational age. People have been doing medication abortions for a long time. That's uh, a medication combination that's been studied for a very, very long time. Oh, and here's my favorite myth to bust. I probably should have done it sooner. Mm-hmm. Having an abortion does not affect future fertility. I'm just going to, it does not affect future fertility. Mm. So I'm going to put that out there right there. And so that's the medication abortion. Usually there's a follow-up depending on the practice. Ideally, we like to do a follow-up ultrasound to make sure everything is complete and safe and we're good to go. But usually people can just follow up with a pregnancy test in five weeks and make sure, you know, everything's good to go. If the medication abortion fails, you usually have to have the aspiration procedure, which is the in-clinic procedure. But so medication abortions are becoming a little bit more popular because you can order the pills online. And for some people, it's you can self-manage your own abortion. You can be at home. That's great for people that they're thinking about childcare. They can't, you know, drop everything. Or being in a doctor's office makes them really nervous, things like that. So you can order the pills at home, follow the directions, and just essentially manage your own abortion. And then there's the in-clinic procedure, which is done depending on the state. In California, we can do it up to 23 weeks and six days. And so in the first trimester, it would be a combination of manual dilation of the cervix, and then a suction procedure. So sometimes it's handheld suction, sometimes it's a, a vacuum like machine, but it's the uh, patient is usually sedated. We like to do what we call moderate sedation. So we give them Versed and fentanyl for pain management and anxiety. And so they're like loopy and good. And then we manually dilate the cervix and insert a cannula, attach that to suction and suction tissue out that way. That's what we call a DNC, a dilation and cure edge. And then there is a dilation evacuation, which is done uh, usually probably around 15, 16 weeks. And so that involves like a few more actual like instruments to actually like evacuate what is and what is in the uterus. So can we talk about DNCs of miscarriages? Because I think that's another like myth busting where people, I know a lot of people that have been devastated by miscarriages and I don't think people 
talk about, I don't think people realize how common miscarriage is. They are. Um, so the medical terminology for miscarriage is a spontaneous abortion. Yes. Thank you. Actually, <laughs> myth bust wow. that because yeah. a miscarriage we chart that. And abortion are the same thing. So that's, I mean, so if someone comes in with a, a missed miscarriage, meaning their, um, their body has not evacuated the tissue on its own, maybe there's retained tissue, retained product of conception in the uterus, then the treatment would be a in-clinic abortion. So it'd be the same thing, dilating the cervix, and then either suction or manual, depending. This can also happen if you have a pregnancy didn't fully develop. Mm-hmm. So you have a gestational sac, but no fetus, no embryo, or you have a gestational sac or yolk, uh, yolk sac, or you have a fetus with no cardiac activity. So then the treatment for that is an in-clinic abortion. Or sometimes we do the medication abortion if that's, you know, more their style and that's mm-hmm. what they prefer. But mm-hmm. yes, so the so treatment for that is, yeah. A family that's family planning, been mm-hmm. trying to get pregnant, yeah. gets pregnant in Texas, ends up having a miscarriage mm-hmm. can and needs a DNC. Cannot get one in Texas. Cannot get, okay. Wow. Yeah. That is, that um, is insane. I, Do we not see how this affects everyone? Yeah, I want to say like there's, I think there's a clause of it's like life of the mother. Like if but the how, patient like, is turning septic, but like. I think that's the argument we see going on in like our doctor world where we yeah, talk yeah. where they're like, they have to cover their license and they're like, at what point do we have to say yeah. that they're getting septic or that this is going to become a critical emergency yeah. life-saving to you're, do it you're fighting you're fighting the clock there especially with ectopics too yeah. because like god it's we've had patients come in and you know by their last menstrual period they are you know six or seven weeks long so and then we go to do the ultrasound we have an old empty uterus we do the blood draw and their hcg levels are really high so we're like crap now we suspect ectopic oh you live in texas great Mm. And the an ectopic is a time bomb because yeah. that's an ectopic pregnancy is anything that develops outside of the uterus. So we don't know where this pregnancy is. It could be in the fallopian tube. It could be an ovary. If someone has a C-section, the pregnancy can implant in the C-section scar in the abdomen. Wow. Like, yeah. So, and a pregnancy wow. that develops outside of the uterus is not viable with life. Yeah. Your cousin There's, that had IVF yep. had yeah. an ectopic pregnancy yeah. with IVF, which is Oh my wild. God, that's terrifying. I'm like, mm-hmm. that's the most, like, you spent all this money. And yep. Like, yeah. because you wanted a baby that bad and then still had an ectopic pregnancy. Yeah. yeah. You think she wanted to lose that? Absolutely no, nobody not. does. Yeah. Nobody it's does. Wild. Yeah. Yeah. And it stresses me out. I'm and especially kidding. if they're coming from out of state, I'm just like, yeah. okay, we're fighting against the clock. Again, we're fighting against the clock here. How do we, we can't transfer you to a level of care back home that will take care of you because we're calling, our MDs are calling their colleagues in states and things like that and just being like, hey, can you take care of this patient? They have to read that script over the phone and be like, because some of these doctors are at risk to going to jail and being fined ten thousand, you know, ten thousand dollars, and it's not fair to ask someone to go to jail for that. Because these are people, you know, these doctors are parents; they have their own life, you know. Like, it's it's just yeah, it's well, insane. At the root of this, which is really interesting, um, with the overturn, which I thought was really interesting, because you brought this up actually in another interview that you mm-hmm. did, and um, the overturn is actually really based on right to privacy Mm -hmm. yes and that to me is the the point of all this which is so ironic Mm -hmm. because a lot of the arguments to that people will make is well you know federally now you know you're giving the state the states more Mm -hmm. you know you know what is states States more states rights right 
But yeah. the irony about this is what happened in those states is actually what you did is allowed the government into the exam room. Exactly. Which is right. awful. You know, we all work in healthcare. We understand we have to go through HIPAA training all the time. Yeah. I don't understand why I'm having to go through all this HIPAA training and, you know, which is about patient privacy and protecting patients' rights. And then the government can decide, you know what, actually, mm, no. we're going to be right there. HIPAA and we're, for we're you, not for me. Yeah, I think Tori exactly. brings up a great thing with yeah. the privacy too, because yeah. you're saying invited the states in and now we're seeing the whole thing with the period tracking apps. Yeah, that's what and I was just going to yeah. ask. Oh so I feel like Tori like literally brought up something that should concern every single human, male, yep. female, yeah. across the board with privacy is, do we not the have the right to privacy anymore? Right. That they could actually say, let me look in your phone. Yep. Let yeah. me look into your I notes and your calendars. Yeah. Like, let me see that you had a date in your calendar with is this that, guy. Is like, that happening right now? Like in terms of, okay, so for people who may be using the period tracker apps. I've seen a lot of it on TikTok, like mm-hmm. some people saying, but I know Clue, like one of the biggest ones say, oh, no, 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 we're we're outside of the United States. So they can't subpoena us for, for your medical records. But, but can they still subpoena your phone? In I, could, I don't yeah. know, but okay. that's that's valid i mean we're already there I, was i read an article in one state that there was some girl that yeah. they were like trying to get her records yeah there was oh god there's so many cases that just but even like can they get in looking not even the apps though your text messages yeah text messages or your browser email. search history if you're yeah. searching to order oh, like yeah. pills and stuff yeah you know we don't know we don't know what this we don't know what this this overturn means and i'm gonna keep bringing back to texas because you know i grew up there we don't know what this means for people's privacy we don't know who's enforcing these laws like and there was already an incident where a woman in texas had a miscarriage and was being criminally prosecuted for an abortion and it's just like well, how you're in in a basic physical exam, if someone were to go to the ER, you can't tell the difference yeah, between yeah, a yeah. miscarriage and abortion. Right. You know, and we're right. having we're having to tell our patients that are going coming from out of state. Hey, you know, if you have any complications and you go to the ER, uh, there's you don't have to tell them you had an abortion. There's no way they're going to know. It was you had one, a spontaneous. Yeah. Abortion. Yeah. It's just and, and the fact that I'm having to tell that my yeah. patients that is just like what? what timeline am I in? I don't like this. Right, 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 right. That's why. Before all of this, Mm -hmm. I'm just curious, like if you know this offhand, have abortions ever been illegal prior? Like what were the laws before all this? Or do you have any, you know, and I I think it's so interesting because, you know, obviously religion is a big piece for a lot of people, but I'm just curious, you know, looking back into history, you're looking at Caesar, you're looking at all the, you know, back in the days, days, they were still happening back then, but like, was it ever illegal? I read an article that the movement to make abortions illegal in the United States, it was, I think, I want to say 1800s, I want to say around there, um, because it was never, on, it was never officially on the books. It's not in the constitution because a lot of men were thinking about it, you know, mm-hmm. uh, white guys weren't thinking about it, but the movement to make it illegal was actually done by a male doctor. And the reason he wanted to make it illegal is because it was being managed by nurses and midwives. And mm. he didn't think they had enough scope of practice to successfully manage that. So he turned the Jesus stuff up and, and made it so it was illegal um, and made this huge, huge thing to make it illegal. Because again, it was being practiced most by like nurses and midwives. Mm. So that tracks, unfortunately. Yeah, no, that <laughs> absolutely it does. So much into the current climate of yeah. healthcare, and even just the stereotypes we face. That if you're in scrubs, I get asked all the time when I'm like flying somewhere in scrubs. Yeah. Oh, are you a travel nurse? Like, never. Are like I start responding like I'm a brain surgeon. 
Right. I yeah, like exactly. In, I have a high level case in Vegas. Oh, 100%. Right. Like it's oh just the God. assumption right away. Female I, nurse. I had an doctor. I had an instance when I was I was running my clinic in the in the military side of things where a uh, older service member referred to me as young lady in the most condescending manner possible. Mm. And like I was running the clinic. Like I was in charge of all that and I'm just like, "Did you really just do this?" Oh my, oh my God. God. So yeah, no. It's it's yeah, it's we we face that all the time in all walks of life. But yeah, so that I believe was the start of it. And it was again, it was a male evangelical Christian doctor that was like, oh, no, we're going to make this illegal because it's not yeah. safe, you know, because he felt threatened, obviously, by their scope of care. So clearly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you think that this can be overturned mm-hmm. or back like where? Yeah, I think so. I think it's going to take a lot of time and a lot of money and we may have to see another Supreme Court justice more towards the progressive, more towards the liberal side. But I think there are, this is, how does Clarence Thomas, is he going to die soon? Cause oh, I can't. Honestly, I so. well, I was going to say, I'm like, can we get Gen Z in here? Like right? bring them in. I like, know. You know, I Seriously. just, yeah. it's um, no, I, I remain optimistic because we're already seeing clips of senators realizing the damage they have done. Well, and I think as much as I'm like, ooh, everyone thinks I'm this like crazy liberal. I'm yeah. not happy with the Democratic Party. Oh, dude, this, me neither. You guys have yeah. so many opportunities no. to make this federally protected. Yeah. While eight years while Obama was in no, office. No, I'm why, I mean, why I'm, did we not do this? We should have never left have the here. torch to like the next. No, we should have got here because yeah. every every Democratic president for a while has been running on like, oh, we're going to codify Roe v. Wade into yeah. law, but abortion's going to be federally protected, and then they never do it. Uh-huh. And so. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat. Um, I and can't like, go into that without cussing like, a whole lot. We cuss a lot. But it's like funny because everyone always shit. thought that we were overreacting by because that's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. And here we Even are. Even when they happened. were interviewing the latest Supreme Court justices, that was one of the questions. Yeah, like, they were like, oh, we're going to follow precedent. We're going to yeah. follow precedent. No, you got your ass in that seat. And you were like, hey, I'm yeah. going to overturn the shit out yeah. of that. It's wild. Yay for, yeah, for votes. Anything for a vote. Amy Cohen Barry, I would not piss on you if you were on fire. <laughs> Just, just want you to know that I would, but just on her face. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I would just be like, oh no, she, she's on my shit list. She's on my shit list, like so hard. Oh my god. Um, yeah. So, but I, I do have faith that there's this. This affects so many people, and there's people that care about this. And I think we're gonna see lawyers and cases come up. And unfortunately, it's probably going to take people dying, which is awful. Women are gonna die in childbirth or close to it, or they're going to die from self-managed abortions at home. Or it's gonna take like a blonde, yeah, blonde conservative Christian woman who yeah. had an ectopic pregnancy and dies from it and gets septic yeah. and die from it. And, and then, unfortunately, that's what it's gonna take. It's gonna take some like which I'm not I saying I want think to happen. Like happened. I do not. Want I it like makes me sick to my stomach that anyone I don't want anybody to die from, from this. this or I even don't, having yeah. to be inconvenienced. Like I don't want that to happen to anybody. Burden but, of traveling and yeah. all of the things like it, it makes me sick to my stomach. Yeah, no, same. So the week after Roe v. Wade was overturned, I cracked a molar from stress. I have a big old like chunk of my tooth mm-hmm. missing because that's how stressed I was about it. Um, yeah, but I I remain hopeful. Um, I. I just, I just really hope that, you know, there's some badass lawyers out there. I follow a bunch of like badass female lawyers on TikTok and I just, I have faith in them. I don't know. Shout them out. Right. Shout out. Who are we following? Um, Okay. Do you, do you know the girl that does the iconic court transcripts? 
Oh, she like reads them. Yes. She's oh, funny. yeah. I love her. We need to find her. I love I her. I follow her. I, she's iconic. And um, she's on TikTok. Yeah, she's, she's on like TikTok. a court reporter that just reads like. Yeah, funny, no, she's like, a lawyer. She's, she's a an lawyer. attorney. Yeah, she's she an attorney. Reads, like court transcripts that are like yeah. people say things. People say wild shit in court. Yeah, and she just reads them. And I, I have faith in her. And then there's another one, uh, attorney Martinez. She wears like all pink and has all females on her squad. Cute. I, you know, so these are the lawyers I think we're looking at. And I think they're that's the energy they're going to bring with them. And I think, yeah. you know, there's that one, is she an immigration lawyer? I want to say so, but she dresses in all pink yeah, and she's like, like an all girl. Yeah. Firm she's love. so cute. But yeah. So I, I think, I think women are pissed. I think Gen Z and younger are getting into politics and, and not being fed the bullshit. And so I have faith. Like it's, I want to see it in my lifetime. Like everyone, I would love to see it in my lifetime. Everyone like, thinks I'm like this man hater, yeah. but I actually will give my respect to, mm-hmm. I'm, proud of the amount of men I've seen mm-hmm. actually speak on it and yeah. say up like this is the first time I think in my 36 years of life I've right. ever seen men take an active like public standpoint yeah. in mm-hmm. women's issues yeah. yeah we are seeing more patients for vasectomies so good on you guys doing yeah. your part because yeah. yeah we also do, do you guys it. do vasectomies yeah though? we do a vasectomies I want to get into that right yeah it's kind of neat no I actually okay. love that I think uh, well and I want to echo that because I feel like there's actually on TikTok as we know things tend to pop off really well but there was yeah. a couple creators that popped off on this in support of women and it was just so I am really really happy to yeah, see this the men who really support women and right. say look this is a decision you know this is honestly more about your reproductive rights this is about supporting women and their decision and i love that exactly absolutely the amount of actual conservative men i don't get along with like at my gym and other places who even though we don't get along on politics even with this they're like no i like don't yeah. think it's any of my yeah. business and i'm like thank, thank you. you well this and isn't good it, for them either well right? then it leads to, i know it leads to the bigger issue of like if we're actually saying on a pure like um popular vote standpoint of if like you had the whole country vote on abortion the majority of america did not want Correct. abortion to be outlawed so it's absurd like the times that we're living in right yeah it's just you know the the majority of people that said you know yes we do want it outlawed don't speak for everybody else and you know i think that the state of politics right now is a lot of older white gentlemen trying to speak for the rest of us and i'm just like sit down you don't know what's going on like you've been in you Mitch McConnell, I hate you too. I hate that, I hate that turtle. This <laughs> also Ted Cruz. Like if you're if you're my friend, actually Celia and I are part of the Ted Cruz hate, hate club. club. Hate club. Oh my God, like hate she's Ted president, Cruz. and I'm I like hate her Ted VP. Cruz so much. I've hated him my my entire life because I'm from Texas. So. I'm cur- actually okay along yeah. that blonde line. And this yes. might be a specific question, but I am really curious because I feel like you probably do. Yes. What's the pulse right now for you know women in Texas right now, or maybe in the states? of you know who are being affected by this probably the most like do you know like how like what's going on there are there underground you there know are. networks going on like what's going there on? are some amazing organizations and I'm going to shout them out and probably get a little bit of emotional because again this is this is so near and dear to me and I was talking with one of my MDs who's also from Texas about how we basically have survivor's guilt because we get to be in California and we get to practice abortion care and we get to provide this level of care and our colleagues and our friends in Texas are just their hands are tied and it's it's awful. There's some amazing organizations in Texas. There is the Lilith Fund. I got to speak with one of the women that works for them when I went to the National Abortion Federation meeting. And I just like started ugly crying when I met her and I hugged mm-hmm. her. And I was just like, the work you're doing is so important. Thank you for everything you're doing. So the Lilith Fund is an abortion fund in Texas. And they have been just amazing in providing funds for people to get abortions. And they've been part of Texas abortion care for so long. And so now their job is so much harder because 
they're trying to get people out of state. There is uh, Jane's Due Process, which is an organization for minors in Texas seeking abortion care, which was already difficult enough because in Texas you couldn't get an abortion without parental consent, and now they're having to face travel and things like that. Um, I've seen 17-year-old girls fly in from Texas, you know, with no family, no parent. And they just, I, I could not imagine doing that at 17, Yeah, you know, so. And I was having sex at 17. Right? We all were. <laughs> yeah. So, and then there's, there's smaller uh, abortion funds in Texas. There's Buckle Bunnies for reproductive justice. They're based out of South Texas. They're amazing. I'm going to shout out to them for, as well. But yeah, there's, Texas is been had been fighting this for a long time because abortion laws have just been getting stricter and stricter and stricter so unfortunately they knew this was coming so if anybody's looking to donate to abortion organizations please find one in texas please find one in a hostile state that needs the money like small local clinics i know a lot of people will start like fundraisers like even when they did that big one um who was that dude that died that like oh. then they started a big planned parenthood fundraiser yeah in his honor, which was I awesome i think about. they raised like a million dollars and yeah. they like donated in his name which is great but like um, uh planned parenthood's fine don't i don't want to yeah. say don't give them money but if you're gonna yeah, give yeah. them money if you're gonna give them money give it to smaller planned parenthoods and in, in, in smaller clinics hostile states but definitely please donate to independent abortion clinics because they are they're struggling like yeah. they're they're struggling so hard um they don't know how to think about it if you're a nurse at one of those states or one of those states like you don't know if you have a job the next day you don't know if you're getting paid you don't know like what's what's going on like am i gonna have to start job hunting is someone gonna hire me because i've worked in abortion care mm-hmm. you know like there's so much so much more to think about it a lot of them are becoming uh birthing centers because it's a similar scope of practice you know mm-hmm. the doctors who are trained in abortion care can also you know do deliveries and things like that but from um, when I went to the National Abortion Federation meeting, we sat in on a panel of people from those hostile states, like directors of clinics and, and medical directors and things like that, talking about kind of what the vibe was right now. Because we were there two days before the Supreme Court justice thing leaked, but we were the, the whole vibe of the conference was just knowing that we are about to face a post-Roe world in, in 2022, which is awful. They kind of went down the line and they were talking to these women, like, like, what's it like in your clinics right now? What's, what's your staff like? And they know like, oh, we're struggling with morale, but we're doing okay. You know, we remain hopeful and we remain optimistic. And they stopped at uh, one of the women who was one of the directors for Whole Women's Health, which is, you know, had abortion clinics in Texas and Alabama and things like that. And they were part of a Supreme Court uh, case. And they get to her and she just looks at everybody and her voice breaks and she's like, I'm fucking pissed. This is bullshit. She's like, I don't mean to like, you know, because everybody was giving very sanitized, like, you know, corporate. Yeah. And just when she's just, you know, broke down and said, I'm fucking pissed and I'm so pissed and I'm so mad that I keep having to deal with this every single day. It was a huge, huge convention hall, standing room only, and everyone stood up and clapped and cheered, and a lot of us just broke down and cried because, yeah, we're all fucking pissed. Like, that's the best way to put it. So, yeah, people in Texas, people in hostile states, they're they're struggling. They're maintaining hope the best they can, which I can't imagine. Like, I cannot even imagine. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so something that you also talk about quite a bit on Instagram is birth control. Birth control. That's a lot of what I do, honestly, is is birth control counseling. Like, even when I was in family planning, like, a lot of it was birth control visits. People wanting to change their method, you know, ask questions or, you know, a person getting on birth control for the first time. And and part of, you know, an abortion visit is we also go over, like, oh, okay, is pregnancy prevention still in your plans? You know, what can we do to facilitate that? Let's, let's let's make that happen. Break it down because there's so many different kinds, oh and I feel like God. there's a lot of myth yeah. busting and stuff too. There is. Well, a big question though. Yeah. 
is pull and pray an effective form of birth control? Because it is well, it's my uh, primary source. Of so for some people, yeah, it actually is. Um, yeah. The correct the correct term, not pull and pray, is uh, natural family planning or fertility awareness method. So that is a non-hormonal method you can use to either plan pregnancy or avoid pregnancy. And it involves, you know, tracking your ovulation cycle, knowing like what days you're fertile, things like that. And that in combination with the pull-out method, if you have a partner that their pull-out game is on point, yeah. they know when, you know, it's about to happen. I think the combination of the two together, like, yeah, mm. that's that's a way to either get pregnant or not get pregnant. So right. for some people, yeah, it works really well. If someone's like 16, 17 years old, I'd be like, don't do it. You know, because like, you don't know, you don't know shit at that age. Like, you don't know your body, you don't know your partner's body. But, you know, when you get a little bit older and you're a little bit more, you know, you've lived in your meat suit a little bit longer. Like, I feel like you're, you're more aware of it. So it's working, it's working for me so far. Yeah, on so, you. so far, so good. I have a knock I have, on knock. <laughs> I have an IUD and I trust that thing more than I trust let's anything else. Let's talk about in this IUDs. Yeah, okay, yeah, let's yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'll start with IUDs. One, I've heard mm-hmm. they're. Did you have you ever had an IUD? Tori? I've never had an IUD. No, I've heard they're super painful. Okay, and how come they don't use pain meds? I've seen it like. Yeah, that's a very good question. Yeah. So a lot of people. I don't so know. That, I'm afraid of them. The IUD insertion process is less than pleasant. I'm not gonna lie, because again, they have to manually dilate your cervix. They have to sound your uterus, meaning they insert a long rod into your, you know, through your cervix into your uterus to kind of basically tap the back of it and make sure you know uh, your uterus is you know capable of. Having the device, I want my sure. cervix being tapped for one reason only. Right, I know exactly <laughs> not for that. I know it's not yeah. cross thing, but yeah. And so the process is pretty painful. An IUD is an intrauterine device. They come. They are either hormonal or non-hormonal, and they work by preventing pregnancy. I can go more into depth of how the hormonal one works and how the non-hormonal works. The non-hormonal is a copper IUD, and copper has been used as birth control for like forever how it works is that copper is a natural spermicide meaning that sperm die on contact with copper mm-hmm. so it doesn't affect your ovulation your um it can make periods heavier crampier and more painful so if someone already has heavy painful periods i'm like don't get a copper iud mm-hmm. it's not a good time interesting you know yeah. some people are like oh, i'm willing to work with it and i'm like okay that's on you but yeah so it doesn't affect hormones in any way like that and they're good for up to 12 years they work really well as emergency contraceptive as well and you don't have to keep it in for 12 years. As I always tell people, you can take it out whenever you want. And it is a reversible form of, con- it's a long acting reversible contraceptive, meaning it has no effects on future fertility. Just take it out. Everything's back to normal. So that's a copper IUD. A hormonal IUD, there's, I call them like, we have like Barbie, Skipper and Stacy, <laughs> like, cause you have like one that's good for eight years, one that's good for five years and one that's good for three years. And so, yeah, if you're familiar with Barbie family, it's kind of how it is. How that one works is that it is, releases a slow dose of hormones and it will thicken the cervical mucus, making it harder for sperm to penetrate. And it also thins the uterine lining, meaning that if sperm and egg were to meet, then... You can't like adhere to it. Yeah, I can't like adhere to it. And um, Marina was recently just approved for eight years. So if you have a Marina, you can keep that sucker in for eight years and it is effective at preventing pregnancy. Both IUDs are just as successful at preventing pregnancy as a tubal ligation is, like a um, getting your tubes tied. So it's it's very, very successful form of birth control. And Mm -hmm. I I like I said, I have one and I trust that sucker with my life. Like I trust it more than I trust my seatbelt. I trust it more than I trust anything. (laughs) But yeah, the insertion process is pretty painful. Everyone's everyone's pain management is 
is different. I've had patients that are, you know, have never even inserted a tampon before. And they're like, ah, you know, it was okay. And I've had patients that have given birth vaginally. They're like, this is the worst thing in my life. So we always try to like manage pain expectations and just let them know like, yeah, it's not going to be comfortable. It's going to be brief, but it's not going to be super comfortable. It also depends on the skill set of the clinician. Like how often do they put in IUDs? Like if you're having someone that's like, ah, oh, last one time I put one in was like three months ago. I feel like absolutely not. You were not coming near me. But if they're like, oh yeah, I just did one an hour ago. I'm like, bet. Right. I trust you. As far as pain management goes, it really kind of depends on the level of provider that you're working with. So if you're in like an actual OBGYN office, they can, you know, because they have a higher scope of practice, they can usually, you know, maybe prescribe a little bit more to help manage your pain expectations. So maybe they're doing it with a cervical block, which is lidocaine, which is unpleasant to get, but it numbs the cervix. Maybe they're able to prescribe you anti-anxiety meds. Maybe they're able to give you moderate sedation. Maybe they are able to do it with laughing gas. I don't know. Every, um, But if you're doing it with like a mid-level provider at a different type of office, you're probably not going to get a whole lot as far as pain management goes. So everyone's like, oh, why is this such a pain? You know, why does, why does this office only do it this way? You know, you have to look at the skill set of your provider and what they're able to to give you essentially right. and the, the level of care that they're able to provide honestly uh, the payoff of an IUD has been really great for me personally I love it uh, everyone's different though so right. Right. but I love mine she's the best and I did my IUD with no pain meds I don't know why they were just like the person that can do it is here now and I'm like oh god okay <laughs> Get let's it do in. It. basically I don't have time to think about it sucker hurt get in and get out yeah okay, well, right? i was on mm-hmm. the one birth control pill that mm-hmm. ortho no was it the one so that ortho trace no, seasonal seasonal yeah whatever seasonal, someone that's like period every three for three months or something yeah i was on that one forever and i yeah. used to love it but yeah. then i like once i went off i realized how much i didn't like yeah hormones. everyone's everyone's different and so the way i look at it is everyone always comes and I'm like i want something without hormones and i'm like okay what's 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 your experience with hormones like what's what's going on like what methods have you tried because every method is going to be different there's not a way we can just prick someone's finger and be like this Mm -hmm. is the best method for you I wish there was so when it comes to like pill method I don't I don't know if the science backs this up but this is kind of how I explain it to people and it makes sense to them things like an IUD things like the Nuva ring which is like a little squishy ring that you insert for three weeks take it out have your period and then have a you know does the new ring come out if you're just absolutely getting your back blown out um, you know, <laughs> it does it could so i feel Dislodge. like it's not for me and, and maybe also like digitally stimulated you know like yeah if when you, we um, love that yeah over here so you know if it does come out one it's not gonna get lost inside your vagina because your vagina ends it's not gonna go through mm-hmm. the cervix if it does come out you uh have 48 hours to get it back in and you are protected wow okay, okay. yeah so just in. rinse it off and throw it back in there but things like the nuva ring and the iud the way the way i explain it to my patients is like they're the best coworker you want to have because they don't leave their desk and go talk to everybody you know Mm because they're localized it's where it's supposed to do its job you know so people tend to have less side effects overall because it's just sitting where it needs to do its job okay that's interesting whereas like the pill your whole body's having to process it the implant i did not like the implant your whole you know it's having to go places to do its job Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the IUD and the ring are just like, Hey, nope, I'm here. This is where I need to be. So everyone's going to have different side effects and you have to, you have to figure out if those side effects are worth it. You know, you. where is, where is pregnancy prevention on your, on your hierarchy? Like what is your, what is your birth control doing for you? Cause people like their birth control when, when they like what it does for them. So 
whenever we ask patients about birth control, we we ask about how is this going to affect your whole life? What are your periods like? If you're coming to me and you have super heavy, miserable periods and they're like seven or eight days long and you're bleeding a lot and you're anemic and you're like, I want the copper IED. I'm like, girl, why? Yeah. No, you're not going to have a good time. Yeah. Or they just don't know. And they just yeah, don't, know. They don't know. Yeah. They're like, well, I don't want hormones. I'm like, your right. body is telling us actually maybe Something's hormones need to be a little balanced. Mm-hmm. Or if they tell me like, oh yeah, I'm really bad at remembering to take pills every day. Uh, I have a super irregular schedule, but I want to try the birth control pill. And I'm like, what are you going to do to make this fit your lifestyle? I would set alarms and still miss it. And yeah. then it would be like, I'd looking at the right. thing where it's like, okay, we'll take two remember. the next day. Yeah. And I'd be like, oh my God, now I'm having to take two, two days in a row, two, two yeah. days. And I'm like, I don't know. I and might as well just swallow the whole pack at this Yeah. Point. And so they're telling me that. And I'm just like, why? So I asked them, I'm like, why do you think this is a good method for you? And they're just like, oh shit, I never thought about that before. I'm like, let's look at your whole life. Yeah. You know, uh, for example, like trans patients, people that are on testosterone, people that are going through body dysmorphia. And having a period, having a cycle really, really affects them. So we're like, hey, let's let's get on the depot shot because the depot is there's no estrogen in Depo-Provera. So when you've got mm-hmm. someone that's transitioning, you don't want to give them estrogen. Right. And it can also lead to their period stopping. So for trans men, they're like, hell yeah, you yeah. know, win win, you know, because they still may be having the type of sex that could end pregnancy. You know, they mm-hmm. could still, you know, have a working ovaries and uterus. But yeah, so everybody's different. Mm. How long is the depo shot good for? Depo is it's every 15 weeks, 12 oh. to 15 weeks. So okay. it's every three months. Yeah, I've formally done the depo. It, mm-hmm. I, I did it for a couple of years and then it just started becoming a little too much for me. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, it's a great option for certain mm-hmm. people if you don't have access to a provider yeah. or costs, you know, all of those things. It's good to know yeah. what's available. There's um, there's a really great website, bedsider.org, where I recommend it to so many of my patients. You can actually like create your own chart and compare different methods and I love it. It's oh, so neat. So if you're like a really visual person, it, it Tori. Yeah. yeah for sure. Cause it'll show like effectiveness, like, oh, they call it like, is it party ready? Meaning like, hey, if you're gonna hook up tonight, are you covered or do you have to think about it in the Speaking moment? Speaking of, can we talk about plan B? Yeah, we sure can. Because I end up using plan B as like my preferred my, <laughs> my, my birthday. I know. That's I'm okay. Sorry. No, but I'm like I don't like hormones, but then okay. I feel like taking plan B basic. I might as well have just been on birth control because yeah, right? I'm just taking a super yeah, a steroid dose, 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 steroid, <laughs> steroid dose of hormones. Yeah. So plan so B dumbass um, over here, plan B, or you can, you can also get guys, you do not have to pay $50 to plan B. You can get my way for like 10 bucks. You can get it on Amazon. You can you can have it my uh, way. It's ten it's bucks. Two carts. Yeah, yeah, right. Like seriously. Right. Um. So there's there's off there's off label names for it. For it. But uh, what's it what's it called? My way. Okay, we're gonna have to add that to the show notes. Yeah, I'm okay. adding it to my cart. Yeah, like seriously. <laughs> yeah, I'm like you? on Amazon right now. Yeah, <laughs> like, like seriously, it's good to have. Um, if you are over 165 7. pounds, seventy nine. Yeah, super cheap. That's we give that shit out in clinic. Wow. Okay. But yeah, if you are over 165 pounds, it may not be as effective. So you oh. take two. Good. Take two. To know over okay. here. Yeah, I as I am also over. 165 pounds right? is nothing. When it's I really was not. a size four in jeans, I weighed 165 pounds. Yeah. like When I was like skinny. Yeah. So take two. I did not know that. Take two. So, How have I not been with child? Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So plan B. And also if you're over 165 pounds and it's been more than three days, because plan B, you've got like a three day window. Mm-hmm. If you're over 165 pounds and you are past that three day window, go to your doctor or go to like a Planned Parenthood, go to even an urgent care and you can get a prescription for Ella, which is like a stronger dose. Oh. And it's good for up to five days. But how these medications work is that they delay ovulation. 
So if you have already ovulated and you take, you pop one of these suckers, like, sorry, like there's, it's, it may not do anything. So, oh, plan B doesn't cover you for like the whole month. Yeah. It only, yeah. Shit. <laughs> these are good things to know. Yes. Yeah. You can, I'm a nurse and I don't know these yeah. things. Nurse, see? Yeah. It's like, we don't really talk right. about this kind of stuff. But Myth yeah. Busting. Yeah. So. So if I'm already ovulating and I get shot up mm-hmm. figuratively, yeah. <laughs> plan B would not help. If you've already ovulated and those swimmers are strong, yeah, probably not. It's not really going to do anything. Well, that's why people always like will say they'll have their like plan B didn't work. Yeah, they're like, oh, plan B didn't work. And I'm like, oh, well, no, you just your eggs worked harder. There you go. um, There's also a medication on the market. Um, I've seen the ads for it. It's super cute. And I've um, recommended it to a lot of my patients called Fexi. I've heard about that. Yeah, the ads are so cute. It's it's the girl that plays Alexis from Schitt's Creek. And she does oh, it. I and love she's her. So, so I know cute. I love her so much. With that, it is, it's kind of an in the moment thing. And it's about like 85% effective with perfect use with its P-H-E-X-X-I. It's you insert it into the vagina during sex, right before sex. And how it works is that it throws the pH balance off and it um, immobilizes sperm. I like this because yeah. I don't like hormones, but I don't want an IUD. Yeah, it's an it's an in the moment kind of thing, so yeah. you can do that. But if it throws off your pH balance, does it is it going to make your vagine smell? It can, it, you know. Because right now we are well. Let's be real. Like raw dogging it increases your pH balance. <laughs> no boric like, acid. Yeah, no the boric acid. Those work. The boric acid suppositories absolutely work. Um, you know who I learned about boric acid from, Tori? Hmm. Um, Eb. Oh, you know how you oh, do is like yeah, EB no on the EB eats like his private page. So Nurse Life RN, our like original goat. nurse goat mm-hmm. meme creator, had his private Instagram account where on his stories were like unhinged. Yeah, and he'd always talk yeah. about like anything from politics, race, career mm-hmm. stuff, but like and then the sex, like that yes. is where people unloaded all the sex, everything. Mm-hmm. And I learned about from his stories about boric acid. Um, vaginal suppositories balancing your pH and making you smell all fresh and good I live and die by boric acid those are, on, those are honestly great they're not are gonna... you not shoving boric acid up your vagina <laughs> apparently we are you um, need to be I did this morning they're honestly great they don't do much for like a yeast situation but like to prevent bacterial vaginosis which yeah. is when your pH gets thrown off a, a certain way dude they're great nice. they're great especially if you know you're gonna be having intercourse with somebody who normally throws your shit off shout out to my husband <laughs> i love you but my body does not love you yeah they're they're pretty great so boric acid suppositories are great please don't use anything else in the feminine hygiene products yeah don't use don't use wipes don't use soap too Just many products out there too many too many things I, you really don't when they try to put a fancy name on it like this is for your vagina and it's like no that's hurting your, vag- your vagina yeah seriously stop using soap on your vagina thank you do you have any good re- um, resources for pregnant women or also yes. just for anyone in general that um, you can? So like I said, bedsider.org to help find um, different birth control methods that work for you. There's a really great website, Scarletine. It's geared more towards younger people, so teenagers. And that has all your stuff about sexuality, abortion, just anything reproductive health like because you know a lot of times i get teenage patients that are like i've never learned about any of this stuff and i'm like oh i got you the Gutmacher institute is really great for abortion statistics and then there is the uh national abortion funds mm-hmm. you um for anybody who's looking to get an abortion there's plan c pills for anybody looking to get uh, abortion mm-hmm. pills online and then as far as like prenatal care um a good place to start is honestly your for people who maybe don't have insurance or are kind of like 
faced an unexpected, you know, pregnancy and are planning on continuing pregnancy, honestly, Planned Parenthood is a great place to start. Local health departments are also really great places to start. Do not go to a crisis pregnancy center. Those places suck. Don't mm-hmm. go there. They'll be like, oh, we can give you a free ultrasound and this, that, and the other, but they're not actually a clinic. They're okay. like, mm. so don't go there. Good to know. Yeah. Planned awesome. Parenthood is a great place to start. Um, okay. I'm going to shout yeah. out to them for that. Yeah. So we'll link everything there in the show notes as well. Yeah. Speaking to millennial Gen Z audience yes. here at the Selfie Show, do you have yes. any good pieces of advice for them or something you can leave them with? A good life tip. This fight is not over. And there's, there's a lot left to do there. Um, but I think it's something we can win. I think it's absolutely, you know, it sucks that we have less rights now than our grandparents did, but I also think we are going to change the world and we're going to change it for the better. And we have to, we have to be in this together. Like we absolutely have to all have each other's backs, men, women, queer people, trans people. Like we're all, everyone is affected by this, yeah. by reproductive health and reproductive justice and these decisions being made. So my advice is to educate yourself, be there for people. <laughs> if you can donate a few bucks to an abortion fund, absolutely do it. If you can donate a few bucks to small independent clinics, please do it. But you know, just don't give up. Don't quit. Yeah. Awesome. be supportive of each other and yeah so wonderful thank you so much for being here today thanks for having so me so i'm so glad you came in person too I, yeah i love this yeah. i'm excited very very thankful for your time and just all the knowledge you just dropped today and I, I just think that this is such an amazing episode and i know everyone is going to enjoy this as much as we did and representing today. for a different area of healthcare. yeah, yeah. and i th- i, I want to thank you guys for you know it's it's easy, especially when you have a large platform, to kind of avoid controversial issues and to avoid this kind of topic, and especially in healthcare. Like, I think a lot of people have just kind of put their head in the sand and be like, oh, it doesn't affect me, it doesn't affect me. But it really does affect all of us in healthcare. So thank you guys for doing the hard thing, and I yeah. hope you don't get too many angry emails or no. anything like, oh, you're talking about abortion. No. no. So we that's, are very that's thankful. We, we have a, a really good community yeah. of people here. Selfie, selfies show here is... I feel like everyone is on this board and open and right. open to learning more and hearing yeah. more about this. So we're very, very, very thankful. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. Seriously. Oh, Thank you. Yeah. All warm and squishy. Honestly, like learned a lot of things I didn't know. Yeah. Same. I don't, it's, yeah. I think it's cool to have someone um, that's a surgical assistant we've never had on before yeah. and kind of represent other areas of healthcare yeah, outside and of nursing and everything too. So. I think bringing insight from, you know, just how, where we're at in general right now, yeah. I think it's really important. And that was how a we nice kind of like behind the curtain. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And as always, you guys know, we've linked all of those resources that we mentioned um, during in the show notes for you guys, if you're interested or if someone, you know, may need these um, definitely pass them along. Uh, thank you so much, you guys, for listening. As always, make sure you're following us on our Insta. That's at C-E-L-L-F-I-E underscore podcast. You can find all the goodies linked in the bio, including submission for your selfie shenanigans. Make sure you guys click that. It is linked in our bio as well as the show notes for you. And we're starting to get some fun submissions, so we're going to start to record a lot of those mm-hmm. into our bonus episodes and things. So stay tuned. They're spicy. They're fun. They're very, like, selfie, like, 
what was it that we said or we saw selfie after dark selfie after dark yeah it's good times obsessed with it um and please leave us a review on apple Podcasts. drop your ig handle so we can send you out all our new stickers and goodies and click those five stars on spotify thank you so much absolutely and make sure you're following us on our insta that's at nurse tori and at hey samantha with two a's and we'll see you for our next bonus absolutely good little life update mm-hmm. all right. bye, bye. bye.